0: Hello, and welcome to the My Care Champion cast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Hall of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. Today we're talking about auto no fault insurance. You may remember past episodes we've done about the unique Michigan auto insurance system that ensures survivors of catastrophic car crashes are covered for the medical and rehabilitation services they need. Now the system is under attack in a last minute effort to dismantle it during lame duck or the period after an election when outgoing officials are still in office. This episode features an interview between my colleague, John Karaczynski, and Laura Oppel, senior vice president and chief innovation officer at the MHA. Laura is our resident auto insurance expert after spending much of her career working on public policy around this issue. And she explains current auto no-fault benefits and how this lame duck attempt at reform could negatively impact Michigan residents.
1: The easiest way to get started is talking about the background on Michigan's auto no-fault system. So can you share a little bit of light on that and why the MHA so strongly advocates for our current system? Sure. So
2: since 1973, 45 years now, Michigan has used the no-fault system to take care of people after they're injured in traumatic accidents. And before that, like other states, Michigan used uh, lawsuits to help take care of people, and there were very serious problems with that. There were a lot of delays in getting services to people because you had to sue somebody to get the money to pay for your care. Or if you were in a single car accident, there was no one to sue. So you might not have any resources at all. So we've been using our own system now for, like I said, 45 years. And that has helped us be able to take care of people with using drivers using their own insurance to take care of themselves. Uh, No Fault covers all of the medical care that you need after an accident. It covers all of the things you need after you go go home, after you leave the hospital. And it also has a wage loss benefit for up to three years. You can be compensated for most of the salary that you lose or hourly um, wages that you lose because you can't work after your accident. It also, when I say that it helps you take, helps take care of you after you leave the hospital. For example, you might need um, either your spouse Or a parent or you might need to pay um, someone from a service to come to your home and help you either with more medical services or activities of daily living and that's all covered by your um, no-fault benefit some people think that hey I have Medicare so I don't really need this but I want to make it clear that Medicare doesn't pay for long-term care services or activities of daily living like that for the most part so Um, This benefit uh, applies to wraparound services that people over 65 would need as well.
1: Thanks, Laura. So um, I think that's some great background right now that we can use as a base as we jump into what's going on right now. Um, So we're in the last few days of lame duck here in Michigan. Um, So you can tell us about that new, new proposal that's related to auto no fault and why that should be of concern to individuals.
2: Yes, so uh, there's a bill that's under consideration in the House right now that would take our no-fault system down to less than the lifetime benefit we currently all uh, purchase. And and it would allow people to purchase as little as $250,000 worth of coverage. It would also uh, work to... it. As the bill is described by the people who support it, it would take away um, non-driving rating factors such as gender, marital status, and credit score. It would um, opt seniors out, people who are eligible for Medicare would be opted out of the personal injury protection benefit, which delivers those medical services, those after-hospital services, that wage loss, all of those things, seniors would automatically be opted out. They would have to elect to get back in to get those wraparound services. And then um, finally, it purports to do all of those things in exchange for reducing your insurance premiums. But I have a lot to say about exactly, well, this is what the bill uh, is supposed to do. I have a lot of comments on exactly <laughs> how, it, how it may or may not do these things.
1: All right. So you touched on a few things. Uh, I think we can go into into a little bit more depth on those. So um, you first mentioned the cap benefits. So with a cap benefit, for example, of $250,000, how far could that really go for someone that is um, a survivor of a traumatic car accident?
2: Well, I think that uh, someone actually posted on our Facebook feed earlier today that um, her daughter was hospitalized for um, several weeks. And that would probably eat through the majority of your $250,000 benefit. People need uh, attendant care services sometimes for their lifetime after they're injured in an accident. And even at the um, you know $10 hourly rate or $15 hourly rate, uh, if you need those services for 30 years, that can be absolutely exhausted before you'll ever, uh, you know, before your life will, will be over. But you can go back to work if you have someone who can drive you. you can participate in um, you know other activities that people do and you know uh, sports, uh, hunting, um, you know recreational activities, all kinds of things. but you need the assistance to be able to do that. And no fault will help you with having someone who can, Be with you to support you, and really make it so that your life is um, not as disrupted as it might otherwise be after one of these traumatic accidents. And you will, you will not, you simply wouldn't have that, have that benefit. Another thing I want to say about the capped benefit is, a lot of people say, "Well, it's a choice. You want to choose it. That's what you get to choose." And I often say, you know, that works a lot better when you can choose your accident, Mm -hmm. which none of us can. But the other thing I want to say is the vast majority of people, I'm sure, are going to choose the lowest possible option. There are going to be very few people left who want to choose the higher um, insured amounts. Those amounts will probably become pretty much unaffordable for anyone. Even people who are at very high income levels, it will probably be priced out of their reach because there simply won't be enough people who want to buy it to spread the cost over those people. So really, the only people that will have a choice are those people who buy the lowest possible right. amount. So when people say, don't worry, we're giving everybody a choice, I don't, I don't think that choice is going to last very long. I think pretty, very quickly there's going to be exactly one thing that you can buy for all of us. Even if you want to buy it at the higher levels, it's simply just not going to, it, it won't exist. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think there's going to be choice if we go this way.
1: Um, another thing that, um, staying on this topic just a little bit longer, um, is comparing those who survive a serious car accident in Michigan compared to um, someone in a different state that may not have a no-fault benefit. Um, have we seen differences and what are the types of um Consequences that someone could have if they do have that cap benefit and they do not have that benefit or support to help them with their attending care later in their life.
2: So, I think that the 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 other the people in other states use two mechanisms to help them survive these traumatic accidents. One, they rely on Medicaid. Mm -hmm. Um, Medicaid is not a no fault benefit. It's not a substitute even at the lower rates that Medicaid reimburses providers, Medicaid does not cover activities of daily living to keep you in your home and help you be um, more a member of society. It, Medicaid probably would reimburse for something like nursing home. So instead of living at home with some attendant care services, some of which might be reimbursed to your parent or other family member or spouse, Medicaid's going to say we can help you pay for uh, a nursing home bed. And the other thing that is really prevalent, and you can do a search about this, is, you know, you will find all kinds of accident survivors on um, the um, social social fundraising pages where people, um, you know, put their information out there and say, my mom really needs to go back to work, but I need help at home, so will you help me with you know, $25,000 or $100,000 or something like that. You know, we used to see it in you would go to a convenience store or a gas station or whatever, and there'd be a can that says, you know, help this local person or, you know, a flyer in your grocery store that says pancake breakfast for this person or whatever. Um, That's what a lot of people end up doing.
1: So uh, you said you have a lot of thoughts on um, the reduction The proposed reductions in premiums or perhaps lack thereof that may occur from sure. this. Sure. So, so let's jump in there.
2: Yeah. So the, um, I've seen some news reports. One news report said mandated rate reduction. Another news report said guaranteed rate reduction. And I going to tell you that a close reading of the bill shows that neither one of those things is accurate. The legislation before us says that the insurers, um, after they start offering these new lower Um, benefit options they must file rates it doesn't even say new rates it says they must file rates if those rates so for example for the lowest option the Mm -hmm. $250,000 option if that doesn't generate a 40% reduction on just that slice of your premium not your entire premium just your personal injury protection benefit which is one slice of your Um, auto insurance premium, if it doesn't reach a 40% reduction, they have to explain why. So they could say, well, we can only reduce this by 20%, by 10%. We can't reduce this at all. All of those things could be in their explanation. And some of the things that are specified in the bill as to why you couldn't reach that are things like mentioned in the bill, inflation, expected losses. Uh, increased costs from um, one of the um, uh, assessments or two of the assessments that the insurers have to pay. So, and if the uh, director of the Department of Insurance and Financial Services looks at their explanation says, I see what you, I see what's going on here, and you're right, you can't sustain that. Now, they might have excess losses because they made bad, the insurance company made bad decisions about who they're insuring, and yet you know, their exposure's gone way down on some of this stuff. So it's not guaranteed, it's not mandated. What is for sure is the benefit is gone forever. That's for sure.
1: So when, we, when we're operating on a very short time period, um, doing so can really definitely hurt when we don't have these guarantees and what we really need to do is to take some time to find meaningful re- reform that can guarantee these guarantees
2: well, it's, it's hard to, I mean, you know, guaranteeing things, I, I think, is always tough. But I want to make another point about what I think is a real shortcoming of this bill. And sh- it demonstrates exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying about we have very little time left in this legislative session. We've only, you know, they're talking about doing this in a few hours with people who are only going to be in their elected positions for a few more days. And the bill purports to help people by eliminating some non-driving factors. Two that they want to eliminate are gender and marital status this came as a great surprise to me as someone who's been working on an issue like this for a long time because gender and marital status have not been allowed rating factors since 1981. So I was really surprised to see that this was offered as part of this grand bargain. Another rating factor that's eliminated is credit score, but it's very carefully worded so that insurers can still rate people based on their credit history or their use of credit or the amount of credit that they have outstanding credit score is very specific it's specifically defined in federal law and that's what they reference in this bill. It's not even what insurers use right now for the most part. they use an they use something that their own actuaries have developed and they'll get to keep using that so they're doing it now they'll get to do it later. I, I think it's really disingenuous to offer in legislation something that already exists in our law and then to also say, hey don't worry we're going to eliminate credit score. And in their own explanation, it says, but this is going to continue to allow the use of some other mechanism of measuring credit in their rating. It's, 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 it's not the right way to do this. I mean, let's at least be honest with folks and make you know, make decisions based on um, a more fair explanation of, you know, what we're doing here.
1: Mm-hmm. And that just factors right into why the MHA so, feels so strongly about maintaining Um, auto no fall is. It's not just maintaining um, access to care and that patient care, um, but also making sure that it's done in an an appropriate way that looks after all Michigan residents.
2: Well, you know, there's, there are, when you work on this, when you work on this subject, you can't help but meet people who are the survivors of auto accidents. And their lives are changed immeasurably. But the fact that we have this opportunity for people to at least have, it's its a way that their families are able to stay together. Parents can take, can leave, at least one parent could maybe leave their job and stay at home and take care of the child. People go back to work, um, even though they have very limited mobility, their brain still works and they get meaningful work because they have someone who can support them in getting back and forth people go back to people go to school. Um, education is covered. If you need to be re-educated if you used to work with your hands but your hands don't work anymore, you can get um, re-education covered. All of these things, if we decide to change this, I feel like we have a responsibility for thinking about exactly what we're doing and what we're taking away from those people who are going to survive the, the accidents next. That's
1: absolutely true Yeah. Do we, is there anything else within this bill that you want to speak to or cover?
2: Just a little bit about um, the seniors out there who might be thinking, well, I have Medicare and I'm not that worried about those wraparound services. I'll take my chances. I got to tell you, as frustrated as I am about the rating provisions generally in this bill, there's even less of a standard for the rating provision for those people who are um, eligible for Medicare and are automatically um, removed from the PIP benefit and they have to opt back in. If you decide not to opt back in, it says something about, hey, you have to have a reduced premium. That's the standard, reduced premium. Your premium could be reduced by $10, and that would meet the test of this bill. Probably that's not what they're going to do, but that's how poorly this bill is written that's the kind of thing that we really ought to be doing a better job for everyone who's impacted by this legislation that's why you don't do these things in the last few days
1: so for those that are viewing right now that you know the more the more you learn the more concerned you can you grow about um, about this type of legislation what can they do to make their voices heard or to um, try to ensure that the current system is is kept intact.
2: We provide a great resource on our webpage at mha.org. And I think if you just click on, if you just go to mha.org, uh, right there at the front page, there'll be a way to click on our um, link to the legislature. Mm-hmm. I think you op- you just enter your zip code and it will help you generate a message that will go to your lawmaker. And you can say, I mean, even if you don't want to be too harsh about it you can say like you know not now do this more thoughtfully do this better do this in a way that we're really going to get value out of whatever changes we make and um you know not not this uh, what someone we we've been talking about in the office you know you can't help but think this is sloppy And um, we deserve more, you know, residents of Michigan deserve more, Motors deserve more. There are people in the state who are paying terribly high rates, uh, high premium rates for their auto insurance. Cannot deny that. That needs to be addressed. But it's entirely possible that this bill could go through and that wouldn't necessarily change. Another thing about the rates that need to be filed is they all have to be averages. So you could be one of those people who gets a 10% rate reduction. Somebody else gets a 50% rate reduction. The average is 40. That meets that, that, meets that test of 40. Um, so, you know, it just needs to be a lot more thoughtful about how we're really going to get the rate relief to those people who most need it. Uh, so anyway, MHA.org mm-hmm. will give you a great resource for getting to your lawmaker quickly and sharing with them how you want them to do this the right way, not just the fast way.
1: Um, before we wrap up, there was, you know, going back to just our current system, I think there was one thing that we really wanted to touch on, um, and that was um, some misinformation about the current system. There may be a, mi- a belief out there that um, with the current system you have unlimited benefits. Uh, could you address that?
2: Well, it is true that there is not a monetary limit on the existing benefit. What there is on the existing benefit is a limit that you only
1: mm-hmm. are
2: paid what is reasonable and necessary. So if you need emergency services after an accident, so let's say you have a relatively minor accident, but it's necessary that you go to the hospital, have some emergency services, they discharge you from the emergency room and say, I think you're okay, but keep an eye on yourself for the next couple days. If you have signs, a continuing signs of a concussion, you might need to come back. That's all you get. Yeah. That's it. If you need services for the next 20 years because you are so traumatically injured, you can't care for yourself, you might, you know, some people are in a persistent vegetative state, but they are alive. Some people are able to, some people look very able-bodied, but they have no short-term memory. Uh, They might turn on the stove and not remember to turn it off, which is a very, you know, life safety issue, and you need someone to, to live with you even though you're not medically ill but your brain doesn't work in a way that you are safe to be alone, that's covered. That's reasonable and necessary. That's covered. What you need is what is covered. There's not carte blanche to just kind of demand whatever you want in terms of salary or medical services or rehabilitation or transportation. Some people abuse this. There are absolutely problems within that Uh, Within the system and we need to crack down on that we need to do a better job of that I applaud Governor Snyder for appointing an anti or naming an anti-fraud Effort within the Mm -hmm. Department of Insurance and Financial Services. We need to put more money into that and more resources into that No one is against that um, but um, I Just get prickly when people say it's an unlimited benefit. We really need to work on absolutely, you know limiting that the way it needs to be limited.
1: Definitely. Is there anything else that you want to share or touch on before we wrap up today?
2: I just want to say that um, one of the privileges I've had of working on this issue over the years is I've met a number of families who have someone in there or, or people who have been injured and the families you who know, have someone in their family that's injured. I met one family who their son was injured when he was a year and a half, and I met that family when he was 29 years old. And... Um, I saw firsthand what this um, benefit can do, and that was not a wealthy family. That was not a family that um, was uh, enjoying great um, success or, you know, vacationing or anything mm-hmm. like that. But that was a family that was still together, yeah. and, you know, they were together taking care of their son. The dad had gone back to work, the mom stayed home and took care of their son. And they came to one of the town halls we had about this topic. And I just, I look back and think that this is the work that I'll be most proud of in my career is that I helped keep this benefit together for people like that because there, there's there's nothing more important than you know that family being able to survive that traumatic accident for their son who was pretty seriously brain injured and unable to walk And yet, you know, almost 30 years later, there he is, and the three of them are still together. And that was, uh, it's a, we're doing a good thing here. we got to figure out how we can keep doing it.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Lawmakers could vote in the coming days on this proposal, and if you feel that we should protect Michigan drivers, Visit MHA.org and click on the homepage banner, or check out the show notes to get more information and resources to help you share your concerns with your elected officials. And be sure to join us next time for the MyCare Champion cast.